I'm gonna bring this up. Ready. The green button, and we are waiting for the green light. Stand by. Green light. Get ready for the noise. Get the word. All right, you guys know what that sound is. That means it's time for the Bid Nerds, your daily nerd out on the most interesting cars on all the automotive enthusiast auction sites, including P-Car Market, Rad for Sale, Bring a Trailer, Cars and Bids, and whoever else has an auction site. Uh, and there sure are a lot of them lately. Yeah. Um, I think I just how, heard another one start. That's right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Michael Deeb, good morning. Thanks, uh, thanks for being uh, my partner on the show. Uh, you're coming to us from San Francisco right there. My name is John Polnick. I'm on the Las Vegas Strip. Uh, Michael Deep, I don't know about you, but uh, you know we get some pretty amazing guests on the show, and it seems like Thursdays are kind of a big third nerd day. Today we've got like a mega nerd, like a, this like, is like this is platonic shift. I listen. We tease uh, about P car market all the time, uh, but the fact that one of P car market's uh, main guys, uh, Jim Barry, has decided to uh, be a great sport and join us on the show. Uh, is nothing short of amazing. So without further ado, we'd like to welcome him on. There he is, Jim Barry. Welcome Good morning, to the show. Jim Thank Barry. you. Thank you so much. How are you, Jim? Good morning. How are you guys? <laughs> really good, really good. <laughs> wow, I think we're caffeinated. I think we uh, we're just like so excited to have you here. Um, yeah. Man, you know, uh, Jim, we're not experts. We're a couple of idiots uh, who love cars. We don't do any research. We just kind of wing it. Um, so we're not used to having someone that has a clue. Uh, yeah. You know, tell us about P-Car Market. Uh, and then uh, just, you know, just a little bit. And most of our audience knows what P-Car Market is, but we do have new people joining all the time. Uh, and then on top of that, we want to hear about P-Car Market Live, too, which is another show. But let's, let's get to P-Car Market. Tell us about P-Car Market real quick. Yeah, when did it start? Yeah, so obviously it's an enthusiast uh, marketplace where we all exchange cars. Um, the first year we launched, we were specifically Porsche. And right. that's, because, that's just because of our background. You know what I mean? We yeah. kind of got into this um, kind of, I guess, the way you guys do as well. We're hobbyists first and business mm -hmm. stuff, you know. And uh, so this whole thing started. We, we, are, uh, we host one of the – actually the largest air-cooled Porsche event on the East Coast. It's called Driven to America. We have um, a museum over here on Long Island. It's a, it's a, it was open to the public before pandemic and before Pico Market. Um, it was a combination of our collection, and we had a really nice dealership with about you know fifty or sixty nice hand selected Porsches in, in stock at all times. So we had fun, and it was a business. Um, and then when the Pico Market concept was born, uh, and and it was actually dual, you know, with uh, the pandemic where you know everyone had to. It was mandated by New York to close our doors. Uh, the facility then became our, our corporate, official corporate headquarters uh, for Pecan Market. So um, we have a really nice space. The upstairs, um, you know, we have all our offices and we have a few of the cars. And then the lower level, we have the rest of the collection. And it's nice because people locally, uh, if they don't know how to shoot a car or uh, represent a car, they can bring it here and we can help them with photos and, and you know, copy all kinds of things. We have a lift. Um, so that's kind of like what we do, but we live, breathe, and, and Porsche, you that's know, and you know, and that that's how it started. And then we morphed into some other cars just because naturally we do have other things in our garages. Our users do. Um, so you know, we dipped our toe in the water with a lot of Mercedes and BMWs and, and some Ferraris, and we're doing very well with them. Um, and we're quickly learning what we can sell well and and where we need improvement. And every day we're making changes, but it's, it's grown by leaps and bounds right now. So. That's awesome. So, so quickly, uh, your background and it, your partner or the, the founder is, is David. Is that right? Am I yeah. saying it right? Uh, yes. How did you guys uh, get into Porsche? Like, where did, where did it start? That uh, you said you did you work for a dealer? Or did you work for Porsche North America at some point no, prior, no. prior so, to doing your like dealership and then eventually museum and thing? Yeah. So we're both Porsche holics that lived within four miles of each other and never met. Um, oh in, wow. Yeah, back in 2014, uh, I, I had a, uh, a wholesale company. Uh, I worked briefly for Porsche and Audi when I got out of um, college, but I was in my own sure. business since I was in my early 20s. I was, 
I was mainly predominantly wholesaling cars. Um, yeah. And uh, I met him through the Porsche Club. Yeah. Uh, we, he hosted an event at the space. He built the space purely as a hobby. And uh, he got up and uh, he was talking to the board at the Porsche Club. My friend invited me to the meeting. It was like a 15-person meeting for the board, for the PCA. And we got introduced and we kind of clicked and, and that was, you know, the rest is history. So that, that's how we met and we started that dealership uh, kind of venture together back in 2015. And yeah. launched, um, you know, in 2018, March. Yeah. What was the name of the business when you guys opened that first brick and motor, mortar? It was CCS Motors. CCS Motors. Okay, cool, cool. Well, ju just two things are true. Uh, first of all, uh, I, I hope my partner is okay with me saying this. One, um, as often as we we pick on P car market, uh, JP and I uh, met through Porsche, and we are diehard Porsche guys, uh, similar to you and Dave. And as and as often as we pick on you, we are wrong about you all the time, which is hilarious. And we love to eat crow in the morning and be like, "There's no way they're going to do well with that car." And then you guys crush it, and we're like, "Well, <laughs> yes, we're wrong." They uh, and and so we tease about the inconsistencies, but it's also true about the market, not just P car market. And then the second thing that is absolutely true is JP and I are are using you know, uh, an app on a phone to try and create this content with our little podcast. We are insanely green with envy when we see you guys do your podcast and your show from your brick and mortar, which is essentially now not just a dealership, but a museum, which makes all the sense in the world because like the tractor and the neon signs and the glass offices, I mean, it is spectacular. And the quality of the product that you guys produce with regards to this is my car and uh, inside the market are fantastic. And JP and I look at your stuff longingly uh from the west coast so we are thrilled that you are on uh the show with us today and well, thank I you so much for joining that. us yeah, yeah. I, I can take any of the credit for that stuff though that's david is um you know yeah. he's a visionary he's a true hobbyist you can see everything he does has passion in it um yeah you know all done just as a business it would not be what it is hey, so. for, for those of you who uh who don't know what we were talking about when we say this is my car uh you guys uh pcar market has a youtube channel and they publish mm -hmm. two separate tel uh programs correct me if i'm right. wrong jim you have a uh, pcar yep. market live which is where you and dave uh come on uh, weekly ish and kind of do a market review of cars that are coming up for sale and cars that have sold uh and then uh you also do this is my car which is uh, a feature uh, where you f you do a, a film about a specific car and the owner, uh, and uh, you drive it or Dave drives it around, and you guys have fun yeah, with that. yeah. These these are people. You know, we have a really really great group of people we're surrounded by here with some really fantastic cars, and a lot of these people don't. You know, it's different here than California. You know, and good and and bad ways, right? So you know, a lot of these people don't take the cars out into the public light. They're a little more secretive, a little more under the radar. So, mm -hmm. you know, we kind of just want to bring some of these cool cars and share them with, with our, you know, like you guys on the West Coast, people over the world on our platform and, and show them what, what's what's lying beneath, uh, you know, some of these garage doors here on, on, on the East Coast. But, um, uh, you know, one of them in particular is uh, that GT2 RS. I don't know if you saw that that car. That was a childhood yeah. of mine. Um, that was his dream when he turned 50 was to walk into a Porsche dealer and order something and, and, yeah. and make the most crazy car he possibly could that they'd allow him to do. And, uh, you know, him and his dad got to do that. And, uh, you know, it, it was a really, really cool thing. So we, we like to share these things with people. So it's a lot of That's fun. That's awesome. Awesome. Fantastic. Awesome. We'll yeah. keep up the good work. And uh, again, thanks for uh, being part of the show today. Uh, all right, guys, let's get to the cars. This is your daily nerd out when it comes down to it. You come here because there's so many cars for sale in P-Car Market and Rad for Sale and, and Cars and Bids and Bring a Trailer that you just you can't handle all the cars. You want to <laughs> just get to the most interesting cars? That's why the bid nerds are here. We just narrow it down for you. We find you the most interesting cars of the day. We nerd out on those cars. And then what do we do? We make predictions to what we think those cars will actually sell for when the hammer hits the sound block at the end of their respective auctions we do this every single day monday through friday uh and uh, as it turns out we're not very good at it so <laughs> we always start out the show by going over our predictions from the previous day so michael deeb let's quickly go over yesterday's cars and yeah. get jim's opinion on some of these uh yeah. we started out with uh with a car on their platform on p car market platform the ferrari. The ferrari. yeah yeah so uh first of all yesterday we had jay lamb from the 20 24 Hours of Lemons Endurance Racing Series uh, joined us from Santa Cruz as our third nerd. 
Uh, and that was actually a lot of fun. He was great. And uh, we'll get to the results really quickly. Uh, he claimed that he didn't know what he was talking about. And, of course, he lied through his teeth to SJP. He won three <laughs> of the lots. Uh, but the first car was the 1995 Ferrari 355 GTS with a six-speed manual. This is a fantastic low-mile example in resale red, Italian for Rosso Corsa. Uh, mm -hmm. This car had um, not recent service, but it wasn't out of date for uh, belt service. Uh, so money has been spent on this car. Uh, it photographed really well. It's the right color. And I, I would suspect, and, and Jim, maybe you know the answer to this, uh, with regards to coupes, spiders, and GTSs, they probably made, I'm, I assume, less GTSs than they did spiders and certainly of coupes. Is that, do you think that's a fair statement, that that's probably the rarest of the three platforms? Absolutely, I agree with that, and uh, that's the Ferrari that breaks all the rules. Usually, the Spider is the most valuable, but on these F three fifty fives, it doesn't seem to be the case. Right, it's so weird. Uh, Porsche, we see that all the time, where coupes bring more than Spiders, but with every other major luxury sports marquee, a Jaguar, a Mercedes, a convertible will always bring all the money. Uh, but this car, we thought, was in for a uh, flurry of a finish, and maybe we overstepped our bounds. I think our car was sitting at around one hundred forty five, hundred fifty thousand when we looked at it yesterday morning. I thought it might make it to 185. JP, you said 182.5. Uh, Jay Lamb took the under at 180. Our car was bid up to $165,000 and sold at that price. Uh, Jim, I, I assume you're very familiar with this car. Very familiar with it. The seller is probably one of the most knowledgeable guys on F355s that I've ever met. Um, mm. That's kind of like his specialty. He's always got about five to ten of them in his warehouse at all times, and usually they're not for sale. He's mm -hmm. collects them. He's friends with other people that collect them. He stores them, and then you know he's a consigner, and he's one of our our, our best consigners. So he does, as you can see, great photography. He's super knowledgeable, um, and that's pretty much exactly you know, what he expected the car to do. So we like achieved his, uh, satisfied yeah. his expectations with it. Um, if, it and, if it were yeah. a coupe, do you think it would have brought more money? I don't know. I don't know. That, that GTS is special. And um, yeah. I think if it was something, you know, right now, the non-red Ferraris seem to be all the rage. Isn't that weird? Know? Yeah. Porsche, Porsche's been enjoying that for like six, seven, eight years now. And yeah. now Ferrari's starting to get that too. I, well, I agree. We had, we had that green one. Um, yeah. It was a green tan, high mileage car, yeah. and you know, obviously, we can't disclose reserves. But the car did the car did what more than what the dealer was asking prior to them listing it, and they had yeah. a very reasonable reserve on the car. But it was green with tan. It was. I remember we, we looked at it. Yeah. yeah. So, so that's what we're starting to see with these because I think that I guess people want to be a little different. Yeah. Yeah. It's like it's it's more it's even more exclusive because so few of them are in an off color out of range color. Yeah. yeah. Okay, also on P-Car Market, uh, Jim, we covered the 1993 Porsche 928 GTS. Beautiful polar silver car with like a navy blue interior. Uh, yeah. Maybe held back because of the four-speed automatic transmission. Uh, again, services had been done. Um, uh, they weren't uh, out of date, but they weren't recent either, if I remember correctly. Uh, the car looked to be in really nice condition, and the photographs were fairly decent as well. Yeah. Um, we wondered because uh, with uh, I think the car had like forty something thousand miles on it. Jim, does that sound right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. If this were a manual car, it'd be pushing eighty five, ninety thousand, maybe even creeping up on a hundred because GTSs are starting to go through the roof. But the automatics uh, certainly, um, at least in the eyes of the collector, are held back on valuations. With that being said, I still thought this car would break fifty grand. I said fifty five. JP said forty nine, and Jay Lamb. Uh, teased because he doesn't like a 928 as a platform he thinks they're overrated so he he was the low man on the totem pole at forty-three thousand five hundred for the bid now our car was bid to thirty-seven thousand dollars yesterday but it failed to sell so is it because simply of the automatic or or what what do you think is it the blue leather that might have thrown somebody off no, this is by I, all I, accounts a collectible car even with the automatic yeah, I usually look at blue interiors as a positive. Some people don't because I like them. Um, mm -hmm. I think the car fell a little short yesterday, and that's just what happens on auction sometimes. If you look sure. at one, I think there was an offer at 40 on it. Um, I, I don't think 50 is out of line for that car. Um, sometimes with the auctions, and, and you know, I, I caught a few of the episodes uh, that you guys uh, um, put on, and sometimes one of the things that doesn't make sense is it's really just about timing. Um, you know, so so I, I think the car is, is probably worth more than what it did there, uh, which is why we didn't really egg the seller on to cut it loose. Yeah. Um, but to answer your question, the, the, the GTSs, we've seen a few of them break 100 with the stick. Yeah. It's yeah. Been nice. 
Um, and we even had an automatic reach as high as I think 60, you know, but it was- Wow, really, that's strong. Yeah, it was really, really, you know, a well-serviced documented car. With a, the guy had a PPI done right before he listed it. So they're kind of all over the place, but um, I think this car, anything high 40s, low 50s is probably fair on this car. And that's what it'll probably ultimately wind up selling for. That car remains in the deal tank at 52500 which really yep. does split the bids that JP and I put on that car yesterday. So yeah. I feel like our take on that car was, was, was fair to the car. But really quickly, and I'm sort of putting you on the spot, what's your sell-through rate on cars in the live auction at the close of Hammer? How, how often do you hit? Is it like 65%, 80%? How well are you guys doing now? Right now, you know, we can't take credit for the market being strong. Right. Um, but what we can take credit for is getting the strong numbers because the sellers are getting, you know, you would think that if you had a car that was worth a hundred grand and now it's worth 120, you'd be happy. No, they want 140. So, you know, typically, you know, when we first launched, obviously, the, the, you know, we had less cars and the sell rates weren't as good, but, you know, we were like, you know, 40, 50 percent. Yeah. We're maintaining like a 60 percent. And, and now we have days where sometimes it's 90 to 100 percent. But the yeah, average, yeah, yeah. I'd say, is we probably around. Yeah. We're watching you. I mean, because we're probably covering a P car market car almost every day. When we started yeah. in September last year, it seemed like you guys were running, you know, three, four, five cars. Now it seems like you guys are running between nine and 12 cars daily, which I think is awesome. And it, and it also, it, it seems to uh, run congruent to you guys um, stopping just doing Porsches and adding other luxury marquees and interesting cars. Yeah, and just so you know, we don't we don't make the rules, but the rules we have internally is the way we count an auction sale. If, if it sells like immediately after to a bidder and deal tank, because sometimes yeah. that happen. We yeah, it'll happen within an hour or two. Yeah, right. But like, see this nine twenty eight. If some random guy comes in tomorrow, and we don't count that as a we that's a deal tank sale. Got it. Yeah. Hey, can so, I ask, I, you know, the deal tank is a unique feature to none of the other platforms have this where, uh, and for those uh, watching and maybe unfamiliar or those listening on the podcast, uh, the deal tank is unique to PCAR and what that is, or actually, Jim, why don't you explain to people what the deal tank is? Yeah, so so really it's it's there to help the sellers. Um, there's only two reasons a car won't sell, right? Either it's just a bad day of the week or the seller was a little advantageous on their reserve yeah. and, and that's when deal tank doesn't really work you know if you have a car that's worth 100 grand and it gets 105 and it did really well but you want 110 you're probably never going to sell the car because you're just not realistic in your expectations but we've had situations where like it was the 928 i think the deal tank will do its job on a car like that because there was there was probably just maybe a dealer or a couple of dealers there trying to buy it at wholesale and maybe there wasn't the end user because you got to remember you have seven days to find a specific user for a specific car right and very that, niche and with an automatic well, hold on hold on though here i mean the thing that what i'm trying to get at because again i think people don't know what the deal tank is is when an, when a car doesn't meet the reserve on p car market right. the car then goes into what is essentially a classifieds ad section of the right. website so once the auction closes, you can then go over and look at that classified ads deal tank and say, all right, you know what? I want another crack at that car, but it's and not an auction at that point. At that point, you have to either call in or make a make an offer or something. You can make an offer. And so there's a negotiation available. And I think also when it's in the deal tank, you guys have exclusive rights to that car for another week or two or three, right? Well, this is what we don't do. And, and, and the deal tank, it's and it's... It's kind of like a, a an honor system with the sellers. You know, if, if someone comes to us through the platform, um, you know, the sellers have been 99.9%. They say, hey, you found the car on Peacock Market, put the offer through, we, we make our fee. If it's a dealer, we don't hang the dealers up or even the private sellers. If, if they have the car in their showroom and two weeks after it doesn't sell, some guy walks in and wants to buy it, you know, they're going to sell the car and it has nothing to do with us. But right. if it's a user on the platform. And, and it has tremendous success because, believe it or not, people go on the platform and they use it. They feel comfortable with it. Um, but it's mainly there just so that the, the sellers aren't left for dead because when an auction ends, what do you do? You, you did all, all this photography. You went through all this stuff, answering all these questions, and then the car is not sold. And, um, yeah. you know, that, that rectifies that for, for yeah. a lot of the sellers. Yeah, you, you're, yeah. you're trying to keep a, a, you know any kind of deal alive so that the product isn't burned, at least in the short term, right? I mean, that's the kind of the gist of it. Well, that's right, because, you know, we, we, we could tell you stories all day long. We were just too business minded to not have something like that. I mean, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you, there was a guy, you know, we had a guy last week that went up seventy five thousand dollars on a bid on a car 
Yeah. And if you if if you heard what he said to us on the phone, you would have laughed your, your butts off. I mean, he he was in the call with his wife on vacation bidding, and she was fighting with him, so he stopped bidding. Because <laughs> I, I sometimes you ask, why do you bother bidding seventy five grand on a two hundred thousand dollar car and stop? Yeah, you know what I mean. Because yeah. like, you're you a credit card, you put a whole. It doesn't make sense, you know. Yeah. So, and and we spoke to this guy. And he wanted to buy the car. Yeah. So you you. Know, you know, doctors in surgery, people doing this at work, they're hiding under board tables, bidding. <laughs> I mean, you hear all day long. So that's why it's a good, it's a good tool. And, and you know, listen, we value every sale. We don't, you know, bring a trailer where they do 50 to 80 cars a day. So they don't care. They just end it and they move it to us. You know, sales are sale. So um, it, it's, it's a dual benefit for the clients. Okay, the one, one last question. So if you guys are running about a 60 to 65% uh, success rate with the hammer uh, at, at hammer, when a car goes to the deal tank, what's your sell-through rate of cars that go to the deal tank? Are you doing as well That's with them question. there? I, I don't want to answer you inaccurately. I would say of the cars that, like this 928, I would yeah. say almost 100% of them. Wow, it's that's just, great. It's the ones that, that, you know, the sellers, you know, like, like, like the, all the auction companies work the same, right? If your reserve is way out of whack, they don't take the car. The only time it will stretch is on a car that you just, you can't, you know, put the hammer down and say for sure that's what a car, like I'm a unique, a special car. So it's kind of when you give somebody a shot, mm -hmm. you know, and, and you realize you've proven that their number is too high. That, yeah. That's when things tend to sit in there. You know what I mean? When, cool. when, there's, so. when there's at the end of an auction and a car goes in a deal tank, um, it, what is the actual process there? Do you, does the car go to the deal tank and then you sit and wait for offers? Or do you have uh, people, members of your team actively reaching out to the high bidders and saying, hey, do you want another shot at this? How does that work? Because I've always been kind of curious about that. Jim, were you able well, to hear me? Yeah, we'll, we'll, oh. especially if the seller is anxious and wants to sell the call, we'll, we'll reach out to the underbidders. Yeah. yeah, that's okay. Right. So sorry, it's can, can you guys hear me? Because the connection got a little... Yeah, I, we couldn't hear the answer to that. Sorry, could you uh, repeat that answer? No, no, we, we, we will always reach out to the bidders, um, you know, for everyone's benefit. And, and a lot of them are happy. You know what I mean? Sometimes it's just a question they didn't have answered or, or some mm -hmm. reason they held them back from bidding. And we'll do whatever we can. You know, we're not, uh, we're not like the used car salesman in the, in the plaid suit calling up. But, you know, we'll just call up. We'll see if there's anything, you know, um, make the buyer a little more comfortable and, or maybe make the seller come, come down a little bit. And, and if the deal could be reached, it could be reached. If it can, it'll just, it'll just stay in there, you know? Yeah. 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 All, right. All right. And then last, last question, Jim, do you fit in a Porsche 928? You know, I, I've That's driven a low the ceiling in there. <laughs> yeah, it's a low ceiling, but you'd be surprised. I know some I know some athletes that have those cars, and I, I, if they could fit in there, I could certainly fit in there. But um, yeah. <laughs> it's a cool car. I've never personally owned one. I don't know yeah. why. They, uh, they're not my kind of car. I appreciate them. I like them. Yeah. But, you know, when I put the Porsche, you know, um, 911 Cayman Boxster guy, I'm not into the yeah. – uh, I don't own a transaxle car, and – you know, I probably will one day because you know, it's not something on my list. Very cool. Athletes always find their ways, uh, their way yeah. into really cool cars that they don't fit in. The first and only Lamborghini Countach I ever drove was uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's previous. Wow. Uh, and I don't know how the Over hell he fit foot. in that dang thing. Uh, yeah, I that's crazy. Uh, all right. What else did we talk about yesterday, uh, D? We're all uh, right, JP. We, car. we jump over to the evil empire and look at a car on Bring a Trailer. It's a <laughs> 1995 Alfa Romeo 164Q with like 35,000 original miles. Now, this car had sold for $18,000 on BAT about uh, five years ago, uh, but it uh, surfaced again out of Wisconsin. Uh, very neat car, great uh, driving car, uh, but terrible reliability. This is not a car you'd want to own. Uh, that being said, I was betting with my heart because I love Italian cars. I went 21000 After JP got done laughing at me, he said 19500 And uh, Jay Lamb, uh, to exercise his right to not play the game correctly, just said $27,000 and really pulled that out of his butt. Uh, our no, car I think he said twenty-seven million, and you edited yeah. his. Uh, I edited his <laughs> bid to twenty-seven thousand. Yeah, he said two hundred seventy thousand, and we just uh, I'll take a couple zeros off that. Mm -hmm. uh, in any case, the car sold for twenty-one thousand five hundred, which is probably a high water mark for a one sixty-four in this century. Uh, anyways, I came really close to a Yahtzee there, and then uh, we looked at a Volkswagen thing. Here's an air-cooled one for you, Jim. Check it out. It's a seventy-three thing uh, on BAT. I said twenty-one. JP said 25, betting with his heart, because JP loves the Volkswagen thing. 
and then Jay Lamb, who pretended like he didn't know what he was doing, said seventeen thousand six hundred dollars, which was really specific. The car yeah. sold for sixteen thousand five hundred dollars, uh, making him the close man. And then our last car was a nineteen seventy eight Datsun 280Z. Uh, this also was like a 31 or 39,000 original mile car uh, and in really spectacular, very clean condition. Um, so it was, this was really like, you know, talk about being all over the board. How do you guess where this car is going to come in? I said 43,000 JPs, you said 39 and Jay Lamb said 41. Our car was bid to $32,250 wow. where it failed to sell. And on bring a trailer, you don't know where you're going to hear of that car again because they don't have a deal tank, do they, Jim? Bam! So that's the day. No. Jay Lamb, who said he didn't know what he was doing, won the Porsche, the Ferrari, and the thing. I got the Alpha, and JP got the Datsun. Uh, JP, three wins to my two. There you go. That's the day. Jim, you wouldn't let these pictures on P-Car Market, would you? This is I was so ticked <laughs> off when I was looking at these yesterday. All vertical photos with a cell phone. Just just terrible what would you say uh, who, to a, what would you say to someone who tried to put this uh who, who sent you these photos that? yeah 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 how if, do you deal with that i couldn't find how many more cars you'd be seeing on here every day if it wasn't for pictures we have that's the biggest reason we reject things it's amazing mm -hmm. it's amazing yeah well, and it seems like uh, it seems like, and we've been telling our friends. You know, I I, I don't know if you know, but uh, if you're a friend, if you're a watcher of this show, you know that we are very good friends with the uh, founders at Rad for Sale. Um, and, West Coast, yeah, on the West Coast, and those guys, you know, they, uh, you know, I, I think there's an opportunity for any of the auction sites out there uh, because BAT has kind of left the door open. When they started out, they were very selective, uh, and now it's kind of like they just don't care. Uh, Hearst Media like, is a yeah, whore. Yeah. So well, yeah, uh, you know, it's, it's funny. Years ago, it was like in, I think it was in 2014. Don't ask me how I remember that. I had a, uh, a 2004 <laughs> E500. It was a W210 chassis, uh, 2004 E500, and yeah. it had 38,000 miles. It was beautiful. Yeah. And I had bought it as a dealer, but I kept it for like a year. The car was just so nice. And then I. You know, went in it one day. I'm like, I only drove this thing 200 miles. I'll get rid of it. I submitted it to BAT, and it was just a complete reject. It had nothing to do with reserve. They just said, no, no, this car is not special enough for our platform. And then, you know, just a couple of weeks ago, I saw um, an S320 on there, like a 97. And, you know, it looked like a cool car. It had the AMGs on it, the monoblocks. I yeah. clicked on it. The paint was peeling off. It had like 170,000 miles. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, yeah, so. isn't that crazy how things have changed? Boy, when the money gets flowing, they're just like, you know, I think Hearst Media is going to dilute the product. And so, you know, platforms that can get a foothold, which P car market certainly has. Doug DeMiro has even grown his platform, although we're really bagging on him because he'll let anything on, which is really a shame. Um, yeah. I think there's an opportunity uh, for you guys to take a bigger and bigger piece of the marketplace. And we wish you we wish you well. We're hoping Jim. the same thing for our friends at Radwood, but they're at a critical moment where they, they may either catch the wave or they may get left behind. It, it's well, really yeah, tough. I mean, listen, BAT had, uh, you know, you can't have a monopoly on anything, right? It, they, they clearly, you know, the reason we decided to do this was just it was out of a need. We were a dealer. It was taking six weeks to list a car. You can't afford to do that. It doesn't matter how much money you have or don't have. It's ridiculous to sit on a car for six weeks. Um, so, you know, I think there's room in the marketplace for three to five of these things, uh, you know, and, and, and that's it. You know, I mean, there's just enough for everyone to go around where no one's going to get hurt, you know, because, uh, you know, who wants to wait? And you need, you need options. You need to keep everybody honest. But Doug's, Doug's site, you're right, they do take anything. But, you know, they've got a, a good little thing going with those more inexpensive cars. And, and, and it's a good platform for that. And, uh, you know, I watch it. And it's a nice, clean design. It's a nice website. So, yeah. you know, well, yeah, but I mean, look, DeMiro doesn't have a, a, any attention to aesthetic and that's obvious on his actual content. We love Doug DeMiro and what he does. Um, and one thing that you said at the top of the hour, Jim, that I respect is you said, you know, we can't take credit for the market and uh, that's enlightening. And I think that's really, really important if you, and I don't run one of these auction sites, but um, you have, to, I, I would think you have to have that attitude and it doesn't seem like cars and bids has attitude when you watch Doug DeMiro do his market updates all they're doing is patting themselves on the back saying oh we've sold this many cars and it's so great and it's so great and, and I feel like they're sitting over there going things are selling so well that they're they're not even aware of their blind spots um, and so I am relieved to see that you guys in, a, in many ways sounds like you are and so that's uh, you know so you're well, taking advantage of the, the blind spots. You know, we're very humble people here and, uh, you know, we, we, we see how things can change in an instant. 
Yeah. Um, you know, but, you know, to Doug's credit, to, just to defend him for a second, is, sure. you know, people love to buy into a dream, you know, so you have yeah. to go out there and talk sales and, you know, that's the only way people are going to submit cars. If you say, hey, look what we did. You know yeah. what I mean, that's, that's I guess, what he's doing. Um, you know, I don't know what his true sentiment is, if he really believes all that or, or, <laughs> or if he's just doing it for marketing. Because we'll, we'll post, you know, hey, we, we had a touring last week that I think was another record, you know. Um, and, uh, you know, you got to put it up. You got to show people, hey, look, this sure. thing just sold for 200 grand. It's, it's, a, it's a big deal. So, yeah. Well, it's tough if you have something, you know, if you have a $200,000 car, do you, and this is where I think Doug DeMuro's site is, is a, has a problem, is, you know, early on they were trying to, they had McLarens and some pretty high expensive stuff, but they had so many, like, you know, $10,000, $5,000, $12,000 cars. Ford Fiesta. And anyone with a McLaren is going, well, that's obviously not the place for me. Um, if I want to use, you know, 10 year old Audi, okay, but uh, if I'm going to sell my six figure car, I'm going to BAT if I can get in. Uh, and right. they'll let you in, but you got to wait, um, you know, two months where you guys right. uh, seem like uh, you're taking advantage of that overflow. Yeah, well, that's, oh that's why I said there's space in the market for several platforms. I mean, yeah. you know, if McDonald's put a $80 steak on the menu, they probably wouldn't sell it well, but you know, they're doing great at, at, at what they're doing with the, with the value meals and all that type of stuff. You go to a, a you know, a higher end steak place, you know what I mean? And no one's interested in a 99 cent burger there. So, yep. you know, he's catering to that and they're doing a good job at it. And, uh, the higher end cars are, uh, it's, it's a, it's a wacky game with the higher end cars and not well, all of them work for these platforms. <laughs> as yeah. Let's, uh, platform. let's get to those cars. It is, you know, yeah. we, we've been talking yeah. a lot about yesterday's cars. Uh, let's get to the cars today. This is your daily nerd out on the most interesting cars of the day on all the automotive enthusiast auction sites. If you haven't hit the like subscribe or notification button, please do that now. And while you're at it, Hey, go over to, go over to P car market, go over to uh, bring a trailer, uh, go, over to any of the auction sites and in the comment section below say that you saw the car this car was featured on the nerds is that okay if we do that uh jim are you, are you all right with that I don't have a problem with that. All right, there he is. We got it from you guys. All right, very good. Oh, man. Uh, we want to we... putting the poor guy in the spot. I know I had to do it. Uh, you know, we're trying to expand the nerd herd out there in Nerd Nation. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so let's get to. Well, I mean, let's start with probably the biggest car of the day, in our opinion, and it is a car on P car market, and it's a car that is, uh, man, this is the this car is the bee's knees right now, and uh, I don't mean that as a pun because this car is yellow. Uh, Absolutely, check this thing out boom what we are looking at jp is a 2019 porsche 991.2 gt3 touring that only came with a manual check this car out out of parkland florida uh, our car has just 2,000 original miles. Now, uh, reading through this, uh, it seems to me that the consigner has purchased this car from the Porsche dealership as a CPO. So I believe that the new owner of this car is going to pick up the balance of a six-year, 100,000-mile warranty from the original in-service date. So you will be the third owner of this car. But the equipment is just what you'd expect. It's got the ceramics. It's got the carbon fiber racing buckets, full leather interior. Uh, contrast stitching, a fire extinguisher, and of course the six-speed manual transmission. The no-wing GT3 uh, with the manual has become the car to have. And um, while Porsche, at the you know sort of low point of the market in 2018 and 2019, was really struggling to get the last few dot two gt3s out the door manuals have been a bright spot and tourings have been the car that there are less of and therefore the higher demand these are the cars that everybody wants so our car has just two thousand miles it's got a lot of room left in the tank uh and it's an unusual color we i read an article recently that somebody put out like haggerty or one of these weird sites where they said that yellow is the greatest resale number for sports cars uh so jim what do you think about this car i assume you might know this car intimately um having uh, perhaps dealt with the consigner yourself uh what else can you tell us about this particular touring and uh and what you think of the market for the touring right now it, it's yeah, just so crazy I, I, they're bringing yeah, over sticker ironically i haven't even spoken with this uh seller i don't know him but uh i oh, can okay. tell you what's happening with the tourings is 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 crazy because when they first came out they were doing you know into the 200s and then they uh we sold quite a few on pcall market for anywhere from 10 under list 10 over list, which if you know the list prices there, roughly 160, 170, a really loaded one, 180. Yeah. So, um, you know, they were under 200 grand, you yeah. know, for a while. And uh, all of a sudden, just boom, you know, people paying into the twos. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I'll tell you, you know, when you talk about inside the market, this is where our bidders get confused. And, and that's why we do those, those shows. 
This yeah. is what we're watching right now is, um, you know, we had a our first touring no sale. It was a silver car. It was a lower spec, but at no sale. And then immediately the next day, we set a record on a maritime blue, probably the best spec ones I've ever seen at $299,000 plus the fee. Um, but then two days later, Bring a Trailer had a no sale at two sixteen on a, a lava orange, which that's another unbelievable oh, yeah. spec. So, but but the big difference between those two cars is Maritime is paint to sample and Lava Orange was a regular range color, even yes. though you had to pay four grand for it or whatever, yes, right? Yes, then you get a color yeah. like we had a chalk one that bought almost 250 and that's not PTS, you know, so, so certain yeah, either, yeah. people just, yeah, they'll just pay for it. But yeah. so we're asking ourselves internally right now, the Lava Orange car and Bat, did Bat just have a bad day mm -hmm. or are people starting to back off now? Because, you know, I'm, I'm hearing from clients that they're able to get their orders in for the new touring. It was announced. Um, so, you know, we don't really know what's going to happen here. And of course the sellers, they're not hearing it. They're not selling those cars for, you know, 190 or 200 or even 220. They're just not letting yeah. it go. So, you know, I, what I think, what my prediction is, I think you're going to start seeing some of these and, and other cars, no selling a lot more, you know, if, if there's a correction coming in, cause that's yeah. the sentiment of, of a lot of people. Because yeah. it is just a little out of control now. So right, I mean, the big Porsche dealers all have a hundred names on on a list for a GT car, whether it's a GT3 or an RS or a Touring. Uh, yeah. You know, the, the popular dealers that that get a you know a decent amount of allocations, a couple dozen cars, they've got they've usually got four to one orders to allocations, and and that's yeah. not uncommon. So uh, as those orders are being filled. I think it's fair to predict a, at least a small softening of the trajectory that cars like this Touring have been on. This is a high-spec car, though. With with all the thing that went on to this car, we're looking at $185,000 MSRP. Our yeah. car is at about $150,000 with three hours to go. Now, here's an interesting thing because, again, we watch you guys regularly. Our car has three hours to go on P-Car Market out of Florida. It's on just three bids. But that should not scare anybody away because, like, this car could wind up having 16 bids before the close of auction yeah. three hours yeah. from now, and this car could break the bank at $225,000. That would nobody would bat an eye at that result if it happened, right? Right, right. Yeah, right. Yeah, and you know, what's and nice about this car is I, I don't really recall ever seeing a yellow touring in person. I've seen almost every other color, you know, yeah. call my red, silver, GT silver, chalk. I've seen some paint, paint the samples. We had a Nardo gray one here uh, before we launched Peacock Market that we sold. Uh, paint the sample That's Nardo beautiful. gray. Unbelievable. Yeah. But I've never seen a yellow one. Yeah. <laughs> so, so this car, who knows what's going to happen with this one. We'll see. Is it a GT3 of the same year uh, with a manual and without the T, basically with the wing, uh, how much less are they going for? Or does it just depend on the specific car at the specific time? Is oh, there really, what's that? It's amazing what the touring will bring just because it doesn't have the wing. I mean, we sold yeah. the Miami one, uh, beautiful spec. I think the MSRP was, um, oh, I got to check, but it was like either 170 or 180. So, you know, it had buckets and stuff like that. The car did all, just under 200. So, I mean, mm -hmm. there's a major, major difference. We had a chalk one uh, mm -hmm. that sold. If you look at our results, there was quite a few of them. There's another one that just went live with more miles on it. Oh, no, that's a PDK, my, my mistake. Yeah. Um, and we have a black one coming on with delivery miles. Um, a stick has how much? How much miles. is it just to get a deck lid without a wing and just slap it on a regular GT3? Can you save yourself forty grand and have a look? <laughs> I know some people that are not collectors that are just driving these cars around. Yeah, yeah. And they'll go pick up one and just have a deck lid sprayed, put it on, and, and they just drive because they like without the wing. Yeah. We, we we saw a guy uh, take delivery of one in Vegas, JP, and he took the wing off of his car and did a yeah. GT. Two RS touring basically, you know, mm, with a little yeah. had like a little duck spoiler because there's a little lip on the GT2 RS, yeah, but he I've just took the wing off and yeah. it's, uh, you know, it's kind of I much know. better. I mean, it car. looks cool, it's not the way I'd want it, but it's it looked cool. It's a 911R. Let's face it. They, uh, you know, the 911R yeah. was the car of cars and nobody could get them. And uh, everyone was spending all the money and Porsche was going, hey, that's our money. What are you doing? And then they came out with a GT3T uh, with less stuff, charge more for it. That's the Porsche way. And we're all about it. Where is this car going to land, Michael Deeb? I, you know, I, 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 our car has a ways to go sitting at $150,000, but a 2,000 mile example is still low miles. 
uh, and yellow is not common. I agree with Jim. I, don't, I can't recall seeing a yellow touring ever on any of the sites. Uh, and then this car was loaded. I mean, it is high spec at 185,000. This has everything. I think this car has a chance. I'm going to go big. I say $210,000 is where this car will sell for. Uh, that'll meet reserve even on peak car market. What do you say, Jim? Am I, uh, am I in the right neighborhood? What do you think? You know, it's it's very yeah. I mean, I I would say two ten before the lava orange car um, ended on bat would have been low, but that that result I, I don't know what that's going to do to the market right now. Yeah. I mean, it, it all's going to depend what's going to happen with that car if it's going to wind up publicly and selling. You know, I, I don't know what's going to happen with that car. Can we entice you into a guess? You want to just throw a number out where you think this car might land? I, I think if that result didn't happen, this car would have probably got to two forty ish, like the chalk one. Uh -huh. um, and now I, I, you, you'll, you're going to see me baffled. I'm not baffled too much. I'm a little, a little curious as to what's going to happen. With this one. Yeah. All right. Okay. Well, look, JP, I mean, look, I, I honestly, uh, look, this color I think is very polarizing. Yes, it's rare. And I know rarity equals dollars usually when we're talking about color and Porsche. Uh, but I don't think yellow is one of those colors that brings the big money. I'm going to say 200. Um, uh, be, and I'm, I'm with Jim on that since we're not quite sure what's going on with these. Uh, but it is still a 911 uh gt3t and that is i mean man that is such this is one of the greatest driver's cars of all time let's not forget who cares what color it is if this thing were pink polka dots this would be just the greatest car to drive around in and uh yeah right i mean so yeah good luck to the seller uh and good luck to you guys uh, at p car market let's uh let's all go right. on to the next Let, car let's jump over to bat and play would you rather because mm -hmm. for almost equal money out of san rafael california is this 2009 ferrari f430 with a six-speed manual an unusual color here we're looking at silverstone with a full bordeaux leather interior jim i think you're old enough that we used to call this oxblood interior when it's a dark yes. red shade this car has a carbon fiber exterior package it has the carbon fiber interior package the big thing of course is the six-speed manual with the gated shifter this is the last car to have that uh this guy opted for ceramic brakes which is really rare on a regular Cooper Spider. It was commonplace, obviously, uh, standard equipment on the Scuderia and the 16M Spider. Uh, but to get ceramics on a coupe is a really, really rare find. And add to that the 19-inch Challenge-style wheels. These basically look like BBS wheels. I think BBS may, in fact, have actually made these wheels. Uh, and our car has just 18,000 miles. The F430 is also the first mid-engine Ferrari that didn't use a timing belt. These had timing chains. So you could adjust your uh, valves and cams uh, with the timing chain uh, and not have to drop the motor to change the belt. So uh, maintenance on these cars is much, much better easier to live with let's not forget that the 4.3 liter v8 here makes about 490 brake horsepower and these cars make a ton of torque because it's a relatively big motor so 500 horsepower six-speed manual ceramic brakes the spec is very similar to the touring here uh and the prices have also gone through the roof you used to be able to pick up these cars for just over 100 uh and then they jumped to 150 and then they went to like 175 and now we're seeing cars touching 200 well believe it or not jim our car with 18,000 miles out of the bay area in california with an hour and a half to go on bat is already up to two hundred and thirty thousand dollars uh original msrp on this car was 239 uh and so this is this is sure to be like kind of a record high for the model it's on 16 bids what do you think of the f430 coupe with a six-speed manual i was watching this car um and i knew it was going to do a big number because of what i said earlier it's not red yeah. tan this is an amazing color amazing right. color um you guys know Ferraris apparently, but those challenge wheels are a big deal on that car. I know people that, you know, I don't, the, the regular 430 wheel, uh, it's a nice looking wheel, but on that car, it kind of makes it look like a Corvette to a lot of people. That's a fair take. That's a good take. But, but yeah, those I, wheels are a big deal. And then, you know, the Daytonas, that color, the ceramics. This car just has one major blemish on it is that Carfax. And, uh -huh. and it looks like it's not hurting it, though, because, you know, we're, we're almost into the spider type of money now. You know what right. I mean? So um, it looks like somebody just has to have it. And I guess beggars can't be choosers. If you want a, a unique spec manual gated shifter coupe, 
you're going to have to look past that Carfax because, you know, go find the, another one. The days of Ferraris being affected by those things like not having the service done on time or having a, a, a small thing on a Carfax, that's all done. That's the pleated pants Ferrari people that were all persnickety about that stuff. The new, the new breed of buyer uh, just does not care. They just want to get in something like this and live the dream. Uh, I don't, Jim, what do you think? Uh, how much does it affect uh, the value of the car when you see a driving video that is as awful as this one? One where the guy who's driving the car has his left hand on the low side of the steering wheel, leaving his hand on the shifter. Does this does this chide you as much as it does me? I am getting angrier and angrier as this video yeah. goes on. What do you guys think of that? Well, that's why perspectives are interesting. I, I feel you. <laughs> with what we go through here, I'd be. I'm just thankful there's a video in the listing. People don't realize the value that adds. You know, I I, I, I didn't bit on a car because I couldn't hear it running. And it's just, you know, you take a cell phone, you go outside, you take, I mean, it takes no effort to do that. Um, so at least the guy tried. <laughs> so. You know, I mean, the video, it's like the, the, the quality of the video for, I mean, it's a little overexposed and stuff like that, which is hard to do. I don't expect someone who's not in production to be able to get this right. But the thing that's making me angry about this is that, you know, it's the way the driver is driving it. He's just... What are you doing, dude? Have you ever driven a performance car before? <laughs> Come on, man. Uh, yeah, anyway, the driving, sorry, I'll stop. The driving yeah. video oh. on your uh, 355 GTS from yesterday uh, was was better than this. It was better execution, and you get the car. I think had tubey exhaust, so you could really hear the car. It sounded great. You you're, you feel like you're in the car with him, and it makes you want to makes you want to take the wheel, and that's what it's all about. Well, is selling the romance, which JP says all the time. Yeah, first class seller. I mean, you know, the people buy the seller as much as they buy the car. That's not that's not BS. It, it's yeah. it's the truth. Yeah. All right. Where's this car going to land, Michael Deep? JP, I feel this car all the way. I think this car is great. I just glanced at the Carfax. I did not see what Jim was talking about. Maybe there's a confusion about another listing. This car, to me, looks like it's got a, a clean bill of health, and maybe that helps explain. Uh, it does also have a tubey exhaust on this car. JP, I think this one is in for a, a finish. I'm going to say two hundred and fifty thousand uh, dollars. Jim, do you think this car is going to go for higher or lower? What's your number on this one? I think um, based on where it's at now, there's, there's a good chance it could go – it could even get close to the 300. But if I had to put a number, I'd say 275. 275. Great, great take. There we All go. All right. I'll JP. split the difference between my partner and an expert. Uh, so I'll go 265, <laughs> the benefit of going last. Yeah, because I, I, I know these are strong as can be, uh, but that strong? Wow. Um, what a car, though. Oh, I'll correct myself. It wasn't on the Carfax, but it was it was noted in the description. I'm oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank yeah, you. Okay, yeah. good. Thanks for yeah. describing that. All right. So let's look at another car that's not making any sense. This is a 2008 Lotus Elise SC supercharged 60th anniversary special edition. So this car is out of Gross Point, Michigan. It's got 3,000 miles on it. It utilizes the 1.8 liter inline four Toyota motor, but it's supercharged, meaning it's got 220 horsepower and I think about 150 or 160 pound foot of torque. Uh, it does have a six speed manual and it's got adjustable suspension. But the big news here is that it's a supercharged. And on top of that, it's got the, the old Lotus Team Lotus racing livery from the late 1960s when Colin Chapman was in charge. And people who love Lotuses are fanatical, and Colin Chapman is their Elvis, their Jesus. Like they love this guy. So when they see a Lotus with this almost like gaudy dark British racing green and gold wheels and gold stripes, they go goo goo. Now, all the money in the world for a Lotus Elise supercharged would be about $50,000, $55,000. Our car at a gross point has two and a half hours to go, and it's already up to $65,000. In other words, this car is already you know, 10 15% above the high watermark for the model. Uh, again, Jim, you said it. You guys can't take credit for the market, but the market is bananas. That seems like a high number. Am I way out of bounds in suggesting that, no, or, I, or, or does this make sense to you? Yeah, I, I wish I didn't have to just repeat what you said because you said it perfectly. I, I said it was you know, 50 to 55 grand, so if you put a 20% premium – yeah. This, the mileage and the special edition, it maybe it lands in the 60s. But when I saw it was at 65 this morning when I got in the office, because I'm, I'm ahead of you guys time wise, yeah. I was like, wow. So, so, you know, listen, this could be one of those cars that maybe just doesn't get any more bids. But if it goes crazy, I mean, you know, maybe it gets another five or 10 grand. But I mean, if this thing got 80 or higher, that would be insane. 
Hey guys, yeah, you why see is that? This one, why is this one uh, an Elise uh, with a supercharger, not an Exige? I thought Exige were the supercharger. Exiges are coupes. Exiges are hardtop coupes with a with an intake that feeds the motor that sits on top. Uh, okay. The ones that pop off are uh, Elises. I, I I thought they just. I thought they. I, I, okay, so I didn't know they made a super. I, I'm <laughs> I'm stumped. I didn't know they made a supercharger Elise. I thought they were just like yeah. one or the other. They don't. Yeah, they don't come up too often. I've, I've never. Uh, I drove an Exige once, and I drove like an early Elise that wasn't supercharged. But that was a scary ride. I was on I ninety five next to eighteen wheelers in this little. I thought it was four. <laughs> I gotta tell it's you, like, Deep. I don't oh, think God. the top comes off of this thing. I mean, oh, look at that interior. Oh, oh, oh I'm Are you sure. sure? It does. Yeah, look at that. Look at the I side know profile. That, do, but it's like I a Targa. Yeah, yeah, it has to come off. And it, and it's cut to do so. Uh, I, I can't imagine that there's an Elise that doesn't have a, a convertible top option. Um, but anyways, in any case, this car is certainly uh, looks like it's it's poised yep, to break the bank. Top. Yeah, so I'm going to laugh. Uh, I'll make you laugh, Jim. Last night when I did my notes, our car was at 50,000. Mm -hmm. And so I said, okay, it'll get up to 55. And then I tuned in this morning and it said 65 and i gotta change my bid so um i i agree with you it might be it might be petered out it might not get another bid but that's pretty that pretty rare on bat so i'll just change my bid to seventy thousand and just sit back and watch like the rest of us i'm a passenger here i don't know what's going on with this with the market for these things that seems like a lot of money for at least i mean what did it cost when it was brand new you know yeah, yeah. Well, obviously, somebody's looking at this for as a future collectible, is the way I'm, I'm guessing. For sure, know. with the low miles, it's it's poised yeah. to do so. It's not for nothing. It's, nice, it's a nice car to have in a collection, especially if you. you know, What's your number, Jim? Cars. I'll, I'll go seventy-two-five. Let's let's try that. Yeah. Okay. Michael, what was, was your number? Sixty-three thousand dollars. I said seventy, and he's going to okay. say seventy-three-five. Is that right? I'll say seventy-two-five. But this seventy-two-five. Yesterday, I would have said the same as you. I would have said fifty-five. Yeah, yeah. I'm with you yeah. guys. Uh, you know, I'll go bonkers. I'll say seventy-five. Somebody wants this thing. It's rare. And hey, look, the guy's driving it correctly. So we'll give him a yeah. we'll give him a five thousand dollar bump just for not driving it like a tool, like the guy did in the Ferrari. Uh, original MSRP was sixty-three thousand dollars and change. So, uh, mm. so yeah, this car is already at uh, MSRP. It may not get another bid, but if it does, I could see it reaching the seventies, and one of us will land it. Uh, let's go back over to P Car Market, Jim. We saw another car that you guys sourced that's really uh, spectacular condition despite the miles. Uh, out of let me read it to you again, Tampa, Florida, is this. 2016 Porsche Panamera GTS, and this is a really nice spec car. So he left the leather and Alcantara uh, interior alone, but it's white, and they opted for the turbo wheels, which look beautiful on this car. Yeah. The GTS is a normally aspirated 4.5 liter or whatever it is. Uh, let me read it to you real quick. I made some notes. 4.8 liter V8 with 440 brake horsepower and a whopping 385 naturally aspirated pound foot of torque these cars of course are fantastic drivers because they are all run through a seven speed dual clutch pdk system and our car has pasm with the air suspension and of course gts have the special exhaust uh this car has forty-five thousand miles on it but it looks really really clean uh yeah. and 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 the clean ones because they made so few gts's actually still bring decent money even though yeah. i think the look is polarizing and the current panameras are so soft you would think that you might be able to cross shop this against a new one but the gts's still bring decent money um our car was kind of languishing last night at thirty-seven thousand dollars, but this morning they started fighting over it with over two hours to go almost three hours to go our cars already jumped up to fifty six thousand. so jim are you personally familiar with this car or anybody involved with it the consigner I, 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 I mean i'm familiar with it in the sense that i read the listing i looked at it closely i like this yeah. car it's, um it's a shame one of my favorite because i like luxury cars as much as i like sports cars so i really sure, don't want to sure, sure, sure. and and there is the breed of a you know sports sedan with a normally aspirated v8 is is gone you know yet your, yeah. your mm -hmm. five series your e-class all you know, turbo. Six, you know, 4.2s. I used to love. They're gone. So this is, yeah. this is like literally this and the Lexus GSF, which I happen to like that car. And most people yeah. don't know what it is. This is like it. You know what I mean? There's yeah. not really anything else you could buy with, with a normally aspirated V8, four doors, safe, well-made. So, you know, it's, it's a nice car for someone that needs the back seats and, 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 and wants a highway cruiser. Yeah. Yeah. Jade. Over the turbo all day long. 
JP, you've been working with God now for like five years. I'm sure you've borrowed a GTS before. Have you driven one of these? Um, I have, and they are they sure are fantastic. I love that it's basically a, a, a Cayenne that's low to the ground because that big old hatchback in the back. I can sleep back there. I'm a short guy. I could live in this in this uh, in this boot. Uh, Paul yeah. Jarrett uh, drove almost this hey, identical car for yeah, a long time. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. So, but he. Yeah. So anyways, no, this car is a great, really cool car uh, for a luxury car. I, I've never owned a Panamera, but uh, I, I think at some point one will wind up in my uh, parking garage at some point. Two owner car, JP, out of Tampa, Florida. Clean Carfax. Uh, excellent condition. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't want to bag on the photos, but they're, they're not the best, but they're not the worst we've seen. Uh, really nice car, and um, and it's on P-Car Market. So here you go. What do you think? Your private party sale uh burmeister i forgot to mention this car's got burmeister i mean <laughs> that was like a six thousand dollar option back in in that time yeah. wasn't it like fifty eight hundred dollars to get burmeister i mean that was a big yeah, it's, it's painful check to write it's great for the used car buyer he doesn't really pay for it <laughs> absolutely right. uh so anyways I, I, on the on the presumption that p car market is going to get fair market value for this car I think this is an eighty-five thousand dollar car, and I just the, the success that P car's been having now, and the fact that I'm pandering to our guestos, I say that this car is going to make eighty-five thousand dollars and sell there. Jim, are you going to take the over and just make your consigner happy, or you just want to talk about the car and pass it to JP? I'll, I'll, I'll pass it to JP. I do think that that's that. I think the seller will be thrilled if it got there. But okay, cool. <laughs> Where is it at now? Where is it at, D? It's at fifty-six thousand dollars. And look, top of the market for this car is eighty-five. Now it's it's not at a Porsche dealer. It's not a CPO car. Yeah. But 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 it's it's the right color. It's the right condition, and it's got all the great stuff with the turbo wheels and the Burmeister. If you like these cars and you want to see a nice one when you go offline, I forgot what it sold for. But it was like six months ago that someone put a Carmine red one on here. It was, oh, yeah. And it had a cognac interior. It was probably one of the coolest ones I've ever seen. Yeah. Really nice. I, I think uh, I think this car has a couple things against it. I mean, it's a great car, but uh, forty five thousand miles is not a lot of miles. I mean, it, that's no. that's great. This car is just just fine, but that's probably going to affect the value a little bit. And it's in Florida, which I think limits. You know, I mean, this is going to be someone on the East Coast. Nobody from the West Coast is likely to buy it. It's not impossible, but a Florida car, and you're always kind of worried about the uh, the moisture and and everything about Florida cars in general. I'm always soft on Florida cars, but I say gets another 10,000 bucks at least. So what's it at right now? 53? 56. Oh, 56. So, uh, so you're going to go 65? Six, I'll go 66 if it's... Uh, all right, 66,000. Yeah, yeah. It I think is, it all right. Yeah, nobody wants swampy Alcantara. That's just a thing. Uh, Jim, <laughs> at God and Porsche, where JP and I met and worked together for a few years, um, uh, in the finance office, uh, you know how they have Porsche posters everywhere. So there was a Porsche, a framed Porsche poster of a Carmine Red GTS at speed, like on the freeway. And so yeah. I looked at that photo, you know, every day for three years. Uh, it really does look good in that color. That's a great thing. like Florida cars. I mean, you know, I, I've seen a lot of nice cars come out of Florida. I mean, if they're left outside, 100%, you're, 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 you're correct. But uh, yeah. most of the, the houses in Florida are new construction. I could say this. I lived down there for a little while. They're yeah. new construction. And they pretty much have air conditioning in the garage. So it's yeah, like that's a, a big deal. That's like a really big deal. That, They're just starting to do that in, in and, Las and, Vegas. Yeah, and you just have all kinds of garbage in your garage. A lot of people are parking in their garages at night, and, and as a result, I, I get a lot of these cars. Um, I see them clean, but then when you see when it's left out in the sun and the headlight lenses are completely yellow and the nav screens are baked from the from the heat. Yeah, that's not a car you really Well, and let's be real, too. We're talking about a fairly young car. When you're looking at a, if you're considering an air-cooled 911, like a 78 SE, uh, is a car from Florida yeah. high on your list? I mean, you're going to want to put eyeballs on that car and really make sure that, you know, it's not to say that all cars from Florida are terrible, but you better pay right. closer attention on anything on the East Coast because you guys, you know, up in your neck of the woods, there's salt on the road. I mean, I, I, I was born in New Jersey, uh, but grew up on the West Coast, and so I would always go back to the east coast and all my cousins you know when it came time to start getting cars when we all got our driver's license they were all getting these fairly new cars and i remember seeing them having you know i'd go and, and oh my gosh my cousin tammy got a four-year-old prelude wow they must be doing really well and then you see the prelude and it's all rusted out and beat up because <laughs> it's been driven in new jersey during the winter it's just toast whereas yeah, exactly. cars on the west coast i mean it's like 20 years old no problem exactly. <laughs> so uh, here nice because the guy people don't drive them so you yeah know what i mean think new york and but it's not the case they put them away for the winter we have you can't believe i mean you guys have in california too we have these big storage facilities people paying mm -hmm. 500 bucks a month to put their car away for the winter right. in the garage, right. and then they break them out in the spring so they, they keep them nice and then some people that, drop them. i yeah. i 
clients that ride around in turbo S's with snow tires on them. And, you know, luxury, luxury storage is the cottage industry for sure. Yeah. All right, last car, and we'll wrap it up. Uh, we picked an icon for you, Jim, uh, out of Emeryville, California, which is kind of where Fantasy Junction is, but this is not Fantasy Junction's car. Uh, we found a 1988 BMW M5, the E28 platform. Our car does have 176,000 miles on it, although they say TMU. That's probably pretty accurate uh, take. The car has had the seats re-leathered, which is common. When these cars get to be about 80,000 miles on them, the, those front seats seem to really take a pounding. Uh, so it's not uncommon to see an, an M5 from this era with re-leathered uh, front seats. They only made 1300 for North America, but the 3.5 liter is an incredible jewel of a motor. It only makes 255 horsepower, but it, it runs through individual throttle bodies with a five-speed manual, and these are just great driving cars. Limited slip differential, 16-inch BBS wheels. Our car has an ECU upgrade, and I think they did something to the exhaust, but it looks to be in fairly clean cosmetic condition, um, and these cars have really started to go north in value uh so despite there being a moderate damage accident on the carfax our car looks to nope we may have lost michael deeb there at the last second jim it's up to you and i to finish it out Fairly here let's uh, oh he's back he's back yeah. we lost you deep yeah we, we might still be losing him here gotta love technical issues stand by everybody uh jim do we still have you Yes. Oh, we do. Okay. So yeah, this M5, Chris Harris, uh, you know, of uh, what is it? Top Gear fame and internet yeah. fame. The, you know, he had, this was his first uh, performance car and he can't shut up about him. Whenever he, about every other video he does, he talks about one of these. Uh, and uh, and, Sorry, and I got to, and I got to be with him on that because the M5 is one of the greatest cars of all time. Uh, and have you ever owned one, Jim? Uh, I, I'm a BMW guy. Um, I've, I've owned them in my dealer career this particular car but not personal yeah. um 39s i've owned i actually have an e36 right now oh, okay. uh, that uh you know I'm, I'm kind of in the middle of a project with like a fun project fun um, yeah this car this car caught my eye and i've been watching them and, and before he got cut off he was saying about the values and and i was watching this car i liked that the interior is fresh and nice i i believe there was a uh, full engine rebuild on this car. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Out here in Berkeley yeah. by uh, Bavarian professionals in Berkeley, California in yeah. 2019. Yeah. Yeah. Because who wants to get involved with that? So so it looks like as long as the accident didn't really harm the structure of the car, it looks like it's going to be a, a nice car. So there was one I saw, I think it was like a few weeks ago, it sold for like 58 grand, but that exact car did like 36 three years ago on Bring a Trail. So like, Unbelievable. That's, that's crazy. That's crazy. And, and, and very accurate reflection of the market that, you know, values have, you know, damn near doubled in, in just a short period of time. And during a pandemic, which it's hard, I, I still scratch my head as to try to explain what's going on with the market. Uh, our car has three hours to go. It's sitting at $38,000 on 11 bids. Uh, I think that this car, I, I put kind of a random number, but I put $56,000. So, uh, Jim, what do you think since you know these cars fairly well? You, you kind of stole my number. I was going to say the same as the other one that just sold because that one had no motor rebuild, but this one has the accident. So I was going to say 58. Yeah. 58 you know, is good. 58 is good. The motor's a big deal. You know, it's, it's, it's kind of like with Porsche, too. When someone rebuilds an air-cooled motor, you know, the, the buyer's like, hey, I don't have to do it, and they pay up for it. You get right. value at that so yeah jp's been saying that since we were doing the show that if all those services or somebody rebuilt the top end they did the work for you and you should pay the premium for it because he's saving you the headache uh so yeah. jp's been um yeah championing that that sentiment so john where are you at uh i'm for some reason i'm i'm not feeling as strong on this car i think it's really great but i don't know i'm getting a weird vibe on it i'm gonna say 49 i think uh right. i think it still has a ways to go but it i just don't see these really I don't think there's just not a lot of people pining away for these. They're really great cars, and I personally love them. But I don't know if there's just that many people. I mean, you start Eric, getting over Eric, fifty thousand bucks. There's so many other options. Eric Keller, out of uh, Enthusiast Auto Group in Cincinnati, Ohio, is the M uh, salesperson. If this car had seventy-five thousand miles and he was selling it, he'd get like a hundred and twenty-five thousand bucks for it. I mean, yeah. it. But it would have to have no accident and original leather and that sort of thing. But uh, pe people do pay big money for him. Go ahead, Jim. Um, someone stole his name on our site. He was bidding on. Um, we had like an insanely low mileage E60. Yeah. That just saw. I don't know if you saw that car. That was amazing. That car. Right. And a lot of blue. And um, yeah. that car, I think it bought like almost seventy grand. 
for yeah. E60. So, but again, it was a one owner, like 5,000 mile car. I, really I, I like think the car. issue with this car is that it, a lot of it's been redone, which <coughs> is great for a driver car. Like, you yeah. know, the yeah. interior has been redone, the engines be redone, all that stuff. But I just, you know, that's what you want to go buy this car and put miles on it without any shame, without any guilt, drive the living hell out of this thing. Perfect. Uh, but I think the cars that are going to bring those big money are cars that are just are more original. <laughs> this one's just not. So, oh, anyway. yeah, for sure. Yeah. All right. all right. Well, there it is, guys. It. Uh, that is all the cars. I do have to uh, let everybody know that my personal, uh, let's see here, I've got my uh, my Jeep is coming up for sale tomorrow. The auction is closing over there on uh, on Rad for sale. So I got to I gotta plug that real quick. Um, that is if I could find it. I thought I had it queued up. Uh, never mind. Oh, wait, here it is. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Um, boom, look at that. A 1992 Jeep Wrangler with 38,000 miles. Jim, would you drive one of these around in uh, in Long Island? Come on. <laughs> you know, they, they lure me in with the looks, but then you start driving them and you're like, ah. <laughs> you know I mean? It is not a performance machine. That is for darn sure. No doubt about it. Um, oh I'm a G-Wagon guy. I like G-Wagons. And, uh, and I love Rovers, but I just can't deal with the, uh, the nonsense. A friend of mine just built an Arconic Rover, and that is a dream. To drive. Oh that, wow! Wow! Yeah. Oh, the icon. Yeah, oh yeah, right. LS um, swap. He actually has two of them. He has a, he has a 110 and, and a. You got one for his wife, one for him, and they're just amazing machines. Amazing. That sounds awesome. Yeah. Awesome. But no, I like the Wranglers. I like the older. I like the old Wranglers. They're, they're charming, and you know what I mean. Um, they keep modernizing it. And they're doing a good job keeping the tradition. But I, I do like any any kind of early to mid '90s Wrangler. I like. Well, you got, I mean, you're kind of like my partner. He's like, uh, do you like the Jeep Wrangler? And you're like, oh, I'd much rather have a G-Wagon. Well, duh! <laughs> totally. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah totally. I'd rather have a G-Wagon too. No, uh, you know, this is something for ripping up the trails, and you'll never have to do anything to this because it's only got 38,000 miles. So check it out on Rad for Sale tomorrow. Uh, it closes it at, uh, I think, 11 o'clock uh, Pacific. So if you're in the market for an old Wrangler and want something kind of cool. Uh, but that said, this has been an episode of the Bidners. Jim Barry, you're awesome. Thank you so much for coming on the yeah. show. Uh, I can't say enough nice things about our guest. J Jim, thank you so much for being a sport and coming on the show with us. We really appreciate you being on here. Guys, check out P-Car Market. We talk about them all the time. Uh, my personal Mercedes 190E 2.3 16-valve I bought from you guys uh, just in oh, December nice. last year uh, nice. from Copley Motor Car and, uh, yeah, and got that car for you. Yeah, yeah, right, I had yeah. a great experience dealing with you. Great experience dealing with Copley, so thank you. Uh, so I absolutely have put my money where my mouth is. Uh, you guys are fantastic to deal with. Thank you. Good deal. Thanks so much. It was a pleasure talking with you guys. Jim, anything you want to plug before we uh, sign off? Yeah, plug your casts. Come to Pecom Market, submit your cars, and uh, we're happy to help you with anything you need here. So, How often awesome. do you guys do a Pecom Market Live? We try to do them every two weeks or as needed. And, and right now, just because of all the wackiness that's going on, we, we're trying to do them as, as much as we can to keep people up to date. It's really just for the users so that they can yeah. you know, bid accordingly because people are so confused what to pay. It's yeah. well, and yeah. it's, it, they're still relatively young. They've done about two dozen inside the markets and about a half dozen uh, of this is my cars, you know, seven of yeah. them, I guess, with yeah. the McLaren one. So I put no, you on the spot to... earlier, Jim. You got you owe us a couple of T-shirts. So I asked for one, but now I got to get one for my partner too. <laughs> <laughs> we we'll send, we'll send you a hat too, but you, you probably can't. We'll have to stamp it on the, the gray one you wear because that's like your style. So. Oh, yeah. I wear I wear Frato brims all the time, uh, and we'll yeah. trade you for uh, some tennis balls, some big nerd stickers. Yeah. There you go, uh, <laughs> uh, guys. guys. Look, uh, look out for us at uh, Radwood coming up on what is that? July tenth. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, a couple of weeks. We'll be yeah. there in just a couple of weeks and uh lots of stuff coming up this summer that uh, we'll be out and about at uh check out pcar market live and all the things at pcar market thanks for joining us uh we will see you on the next episode of bid nerds thank you Jeff. get those words